You know what the most dangerous thing in America is, right? Nigga with a library card. <laughs> This is the Most Dangerous Thing in America podcast, the show in which we read books by black authors, and they're talked about by a black author, and you can listen. If you are black or not black, that is okay. Back after a long hiatus, um, talk about that in just a second. First of all, I want to say I will be discussing briefly Tale, book one, Knowledge, by Yeso G.D., and then I interviewed him, so there will be the interview following that. But yeah, before we get to that, just the hiatus uh, got busy at school and work. So, you know, that's what happened. And uh, I will be less busy going forward. Uh, so hopefully the podcast will be regular again. But yeah, I just got caught up. And so I actually recorded the interview for this podcast like two months ago. And it's just been sitting on the hard drive. And I didn't have time to edit it. And um, I was worried about the audio quality because I couldn't get... Yeso, unfortunately, was not able to record his end of it. So it's a Zoom meeting audio quality. I have my end is recorded from uh, directly into the computer, but his end is Zoom uh, meeting audio. So um, I've, I've touched up the audio as best I can. I'm not an audio engineer, so you know, did did the best I could, but uh, it's an interesting conversation, and we talked about, uh, well, I, I don't think I used the word magical realism, I think I probably used fantasy, but fantasy and magical realism in modern African and African American literature, his influences, where he's from, um, what inspirations he drew on, and all the different myths that go into the book that I will introduce in just a moment, so yeah, a good interview and um he's got an interesting story and it's the first interview on this podcast so I was I think I'm supposed to say I was nervous I don't really think I was actually nervous but let's just go with that let's go with the nervous thing and then um okay so the book itself so yeah let's just hop in real quick and talk about the book it is it's similar to the children of blood and bone and I don't think that um yes I would object to that categorization we talk about that book in there so it's, it's similar to that I think you could also compare it to Marlon James's um, Black Leopard Red Wolf I think I probably messed that up Red Leopard Black Wolf whatever that series which is fantastic I absolutely love it um, but the difference is is that this is a young adult novel so this is this is designed for young adults uh, it is about a boy whose name is Joel but I think I'm supposed to do like the Cameroonian, I'm calling it Cameroonian because of Joel Embiid, and so perhaps his name is supposed to be Joel. Um, yes, so is from the Ivory Coast, as I recall, so he's not from Cameroon. But anyway, Joel is this uh, boy who, like you would suspect in many fantastical novels, does not know that he is got like, you know, well, it's not entirely true. He knows that he's different. He's been seeing things his entire life, and he's made the decision to just not say anything about them. And one day, um, that decision becomes no longer feasible. And so he's thrust into this world where um, 
I don't want to give anything away. I guess it's not giving anything away. It's in the first 100 pages. His his family is um, taken and, uh, you know, probably dead, all of them. Um, and so he uh, is now no longer able to just say, oh, I didn't, these apparitions or things or whatever, I can ignore them. He can't ignore them anymore. So um, he now has to face those things and he's on the run and he's getting help from friends. So that's his story. While that's happening, there's a separate group of like supernatural detectives, basically. They work at an agency. And one of them is similar to Joel's story, also a novice. So his name is Kobanon. And he he's an up-and-coming smart person in the government. Right? That's, you know, he's kind of like a think tank type guy. And so basically, he gets drafted into this supernatural detective thing. Like, an event happens uh, outside of Africa. So the book is set in Africa. An event happens outside of Africa, a terrorist attack. And he is drafted into becoming a detective by the prime minister. Who's like, this guy's smart. He's up and coming. Kobanon, that's it. You're in. You're going to go on this highly delicate matter with uh, one of our most trusted agents, you are going to go handle this. So they go and immediately they're off and doing something that is ill-advised. So they go to a, like a maximum security prison and essentially break a sorcerer out of prison to help them track down the whereabouts of a, uh, of a terrorist. So these two storylines are the big two storylines in the book. And uh, it goes back and forth, you know, weaving as you would expect. And there's a lot of uh, African mythical uh, characters and, uh, you know, beings from mythology, which is awesome. And yeah, I, I asked Yeso about that in the interview. Um, one thing I didn't do was talk about the book basically at all. I talked about his writing influences. I talked about, you know, theories behind... Uh, writing fantasy and like what he thinks it means uh, that he writes fantasy or whatever like what why did he choose to write fantasy so I, I got into the theoretical I didn't talk about the book itself except to ask how many different books were in the series now I'm not a young adult fiction fan so this is not my genre but I am a huge fan of uh, well black literature in general and then um, black fantasy literature based in African mythos. So um, Cadwell Turnbull is another one who, uh, in addition to Marlon James and the Children of Blood and Bone, another author writing in this this genre. So um, we talk a lot about that, but but not much about the book. But I have just recounted to you the plot of the book. So uh, without further ado, I think we'll just play the interview, which is like 25 minutes or something. And yeah, or 27 minutes. And then um, I'll pop in at the end. And and yeah, I hope you like it. Um, okay, so here I am with Yeso GD. So I guess uh, the first thing I would like to ask is just, can you, um, well, first of all, thank you for coming on to the podcast. I appreciate it and uh, excited to interview you and talk about 
the book, I, I guess, okay, my first question will be then, how do I pronounce the title? Because when I first got the book, I thought it was Tell, and then I noticed the E is not a traditional E, and then I looked on the website, and and now I know that I don't know how to pronounce it. So how do I pronounce <laughs> the title? <laughs> yeah, it's correct. It's, it's Tale instead of Tale. It's Tale. Okay. It doesn't, yeah, the meaning is not, it has nothing to do with Tale, but uh, yes. Tale is a, is a correct uh, okay. Tale. Okay, good. Yeah, no, I, I was very close to not even catching that. I was looking at it today and I was like, oh, that's a good thing I noticed. Um, so yeah. Uh, okay, well then, um, so just more broadly, can you tell us about uh, your background? Um, I guess where you're from and then more specifically, just how you got into writing. I'm from uh, Ivory Coast. I was born in Ivory Coast. And from the age of around 90, 20, I started going abroad for studies. Uh, first in Morocco, uh, and then I continued to India, where I stayed for about six years. And there I studied visual effects, actually uh, animation and, and visual effects. and, and uh, Later, I came to Canada to specialize in visual effects and started working in Canada. But it was in uh, in India that I started writing the book. From childhood, it was I was always uh, writing stories. I mean, very weird stories, but it's still still uh, still uh, uh, stories. But I think. Um, I always wanted to write um, uh, a story which is based on the African culture. And because my upbringing was uh, uh, in that area with, uh, with African culture, the, the mask and the, the pattern, the, the tradition, um, I thought it would be a, well, for me, a great thing for me to be able to write a story based on the African culture, even if it's, even if it's fantastical, at least very grounded into some facts and, and some stories that not everyone knows about the, the Africans and the African culture in general. I, I want to ask more about that, but I, I'm going to get sidetracked a little bit here because you said you lived in India for six years. I, I lived in China for 10 years, but uh, yeah, but um, I don't know anything about India. So um, I know you were studying visual effects there, but I guess, can you just, before we get back to the book and writing, uh, anything, can you tell me anything about India that I, I mean, I wouldn't know anything. So can you just tell me anything about India? That'll be something new to me. I don't know anything about India. Um, I'm not really sure. The, it's a very different culture, very um, um, contrasty culture, to be, to, 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 to be honest. Um, very beautiful. I had the chance to have some good friends there and, and they allow me to be to learn a little bit more about about uh, India and it, uh, its culture but I'll say 
It's mainly like mean all the other country that you visit except the, the culture is different. You're new into the place, so you try to get accustomed to things. But it was beautiful in a way and um, very, very um, rich, I'll say. I think that's that's the word for me. Because I <laughs> I got I get to learn it. A, a lot of good things, bad things. I, I got to learn a lot, a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of things. Um, and and yes, I think also, though it's not the main reason, I don't know why I got the inspiration from being in India to start writing. I knew I wanted to write the book, but seeing the, the Indian in very culture and being very, very drawn to what they, they do and, and, uh, and very close to their culture, not, too, not trying to move away toward the Western world. It was, I don't know, maybe an inspiration, one of the inspiration that, that prompted me to, to start writing. But, that's uh, um that well that's that, yeah. well that was my next question because um and i'll have to ask you about morocco later because i want to visit morocco but uh that was my next question because uh tale has a, a lot of um african uh well it has a lot of african culture but it also has a lot of african folklore specifically like the mysticism the mystical elements and i was gonna ask uh did you find it difficult to research for the book because you know, if we want to find out about Norse mythology or Greek mythology or Roman mythology, it's in every textbook that we've ever been given for our entire lives. But when you want to find out about African mythology or folklore or the greater uh, diaspora, the greater African diaspora of folklore that's now been spread out to, you know, Brazil or the Caribbean or America, uh, I find it challenging. Um, was that a challenge for you to research these things, or did you have to research? Did you already know about um, a lot of the stuff that you've put into this book? Uh, yes and no. Many, many of these, uh, the information that I wrote in the book were already ingrained in such a way uh, uh, because of my, of my upbringing and where I lived in general. But their information that I need to add, and this information was either while reading papers from African scholars, because that's usually what I, I like to do. I, I read the books or, or, or papers from African scholars. So there was some good information that I could draw from, but at the same time, I wanted, based on my reading, based on what I've been taught, which is, to be honest, it's not I'm not going to say that my parents brought me in such a way that I knew all everything about the African um, uh, um, culture because I was brought brought up in, in the cities. But I was very close when I went to the village of my mother. I was I was very close to few people who could tell me some stories or, or I could I, I can see things that was very captivating to me. And being a, a child, all these information 
I'll see a stamp in my in my psyche. So it, it always stayed with me. And I always wanted to do something about it, either writing a story based on it or or writing a paper on it. But I thought a story because that's what I usually do. I thought a story would be would be best for me to to convey what I, I wanted to. So yeah, it was a little bit of both. My upbringing and um, all the document and all the paper. I did a lot of research for sure because I, I had to know distances between cities. I had to know exactly what this culture or this, this uh, certain type of people did in the specific or secluded culture. I, I had to know a lot of very small detail to be able to give authenticity to the book. So yes, I did a lot of research based on that. Um, so along with that research and, um, with, uh, in the last, you know, year or two, I've read a number of books with African, specifically African, uh, mysticism and elements in them. Do you think interest in, in this kind of literature is growing or do you think it's always been there and we just haven't been, we being me and other people, uh, haven't been paying attention or do you, do you think there is some kind of movement now where, um, an interest in African folklore and mysticism and, you know, fantastical stories are are uh, growing, having an audience that's growing? I think, yes. I think there's an interest in book, books from African and Black author in general. Mysticism, I'm not sure. There's, this is a very uh, niche, niche group. But from what I've noticed, it's not nearly enough. Uh, but more and more people are being are getting uh, the interest, uh, are being drawn to African and 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 and, and book from from Black Ophir. So it's a it's a it's going the right direction. I'll say. Um, I don't think it's as large as the interest in the Western books, but it's people are certainly trying to get to know more about African culture, about the African, the African stories and African, uh, well, black, black book in general and African books uh, as well. I guess we'll see with time how, how it, it, it goes. But I think there's an improvement for what I've noticed. Yeah, I agree. And I, I do think it's a it's it's um a couple of different things, like you're saying. There's the black books in general, like black American literature, which I think um not just literature, but also nonfiction. And a lot of that had to do with the pandemic and George Floyd and all of that. And then I think sure. there is yeah, but then I think there's the other stream too, which is Africans of uh, I like to use the term Africans of the soil, you know, from the continent writing about continent. yeah, specifically African things that um, you know, black Americans, number one, haven't experienced, and number two, are probably as uh, blind about as any other American. So um I think it's I think it's great because it's uh it's just 
connecting us back to something that's been lost. It's like you were saying about India, how they've not turned so much towards the Western culture. I mean, of course, they have been influenced by Western culture, but they preserved their own culture. And um, I think, yeah, this this growing interest in writers like you are helping preserve African culture. Thank you very much. And yes, you're correct. I I think that's we'll see how it how it goes, but I'm pretty sure that it's going well in the in the, in the good direction. I think more and more people are being interested to it, and that's all. All for black or for cannot well, black or for like myself cannot can ask for. Right. All right. So uh, I wanted to ask. Now you said you read a lot of African scholars. But what about just um, on the fiction side? Do you read uh, any contemporary authors um, that that are like that are writing like you, um, or if not like not writing like you, are writing in the same genre? Just what contemporary authors do you enjoy specifically from Africa? Like me, maybe I'm I'm not. I have yet. I have I have yet to find the offer. Uh, <laughs> no, to be to be frank, because I, I was I was trying to 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 find um, African who who writes mystic book. There there are some offers, but I'm not sure if I have I have found one who writes in the way that I do. Which could have been a, a, maybe a good inspiration, but I, I didn't find. But I know that there are a lot of books about African magic. Good books about, Af well, not, I, I mean, in a fantastical, um, in a fantastical area, there's a lot of books like um, Children of Blood and Bone. Oh, yes. Yeah, she's. Um... Nigerian, right? Yes. Yes. Which is yes, it's a it's a great book. Um we are we are awful like that, but um yes, I read and I actually I used to read this this kind of book when I was when I was a child. But yeah, to be honest, I was mainly reading books from the Western world. Um and I, when I reach a certain age, it's when I reach a certain age that I feel it's it's better to start reading uh, uh, books from the African, the African world, the African um, people, and the, the African diaspora. But I found myself instead of reading fantastical, uh, fantasy book, I was more drawn to the to the paper, so I just continue with it. That doesn't mean I don't I, I don't read fantasy book. I I do, but very very rarely. If I, if I I can I can say yes. I well yeah I I was asking the question mostly because I've found I I think you're the first um, African author like you know from the continent that's writing like this because I had written down the name Marlon James but of course he's from uh, Jamaica and lives in America now um, and uh, another American writer who's got Caribbean roots Cadwell Turnbull but yeah I, I hadn't been able to find too many contemporary authors doing 
exactly what you're doing. So I was just curious, but um, yeah, I, well, I hope it continues because I think, like I said, you know, the writers that we just mentioned and yourself, it's laying this like um, foundation, you know, so that we have this pool of characters and beings. Like, for instance, in Western, in the Western world, if you say uh, a, uh, I don't know, a goblin or a gnome or a dwarf, that, but that's a real term, but uh, some mystical creature, you know what I mean? A centaur, a minotaur, everybody knows what they mean. Um, yes. Whereas when I'm reading an African book, I'm reading your book and um, the character, the characters, the creatures, like a, not creatures, but the different types of sorcerers, the Dijin, D-J-I-N-N. Yeah. Yes, I have to Google it, you know, I have to read about it. <laughs> like, I don't know what it is. So, uh, but I mean, I've, I've, I've encountered it in other books, but not enough like I have for these Western terms that just, I know them right away. You know, I don't have to look up what a goblin is. I, I've seen it in everybody else's um, mythology, you know. You're right, you're right. And uh, yes, the gene, for example, it, it is in, in, many, in many cultures, in, in different cultures, and they have different uh, um, meaning and, and life path. But I wanted, as you said, I, as, as an African, Myself, I wanted to make sure that whoever reads the book, yes, that person enjoy the story, but at the same time, learn a little bit about the beauty of the African people and the beauty of the African culture. At the same time, learn new things that not many, not many people um, know. And like you said, like know that everyone, if you say no to 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 someone is going to know because the Western um, uh, literature has been very prevalent and 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 um, in the wide wide world, if I if I can if I can call it like that, but the African literature has not been at that level. And I think, yeah, it has yet to be, but um, one of my goal was to make sure that people, by, by reading the book, learn few things, learn new, new names, uh, new creatures, and uh, start enjoying something that maybe they never knew existed. Great, yeah, I think you did it. And, um, but well, the next question I was going to ask was the book um, contextualizes, I mean, from the beginning of the book, it contextualizes the problem as African problems. And you yourself have used the term uh, African repeatedly instead of using, you know, country specific terms. And it feels, well, there's two streams of this, right? There's the, there's the stream from like Americans who might say African because they literally don't know different countries in Africa. Okay. So that's obviously not you. So my question is, was there, did you, uh, it seems like there was an intentionality to bring a cohesiveness to the idea of Africa, um, at least in the book, because everybody's, you know, with the, it starts, I don't think this is a spoiler because at the beginning of the book, um, with the death of a white minister, the entire continent is on edge. 
So, it, it, and it seemed like there's a cohesiveness that you were trying to put forward in the book. Um, you know, obviously the term Pan-Africanism is, is what I'm beating around here. Uh, was that intentional on your part or am I just uh, reading too much into it? I don't think I was, I was intentional. I, to me, it was just natural to to speak that way, to mention Africa instead of a specific country. Because, yes, we are in a fantastic world, but in the world that I was building, there weren't um, um, I don't know how to call it. Um, the world is a bit different. And for what, what I wanted to, to do was to make sure that the, the characters in the book are not secluded by or separated by different countries. Yes, the country are very visible in the book. You can see that there is good experience, there's another country there. But in a way, it's just on the surface. So in the world that the, the main character are, are thrown in, everyone in that world knows that the African continent is one and the people in that continent are one. But if you go a level above, which is the superficial level, yes, there are government and there are countries and, and, and all these entities, but um, I wanted to, to, to show the readers, or if, if the readers can see while reading the book, that as soon as it's thrown into that world of mystical uh, element and uh, powerful, very powerful characters, um, he starts or she starts to see that um, everything in that area is as, as one block. And I'll say one Africa or one people. And, and then when you get out of that bubble, now you start to notice a different country and uh, the different laws and, and, and all of this. I don't know if I, I was able to answer your question or if it was over no. I'm not sure. No, no, I think you answered it, you know, exactly what it's it's what I wanted to hear, at least, you know. I'm I'm <laughs> I'm hoping for um the idea of one African people, not just on the continent, but on, you know, Africans of the soil, Africans of the blood. Um, you know, I think there was a long period of pan-Africanism and unity being spread throughout the world. And then it kind of went away for a good chunk of my childhood. Uh, but I think, nice. I think we're getting back on the right foot. I think that there's more awareness of, um, Africa in general. Uh, I mean, I think it's easy for West Africa because the countries are so visible, at least from my perspective. Um, the West African countries are the most visible. Most of my African friends happen to be West African. I usually meet West Africans, but I, I just think that in general, you know, we're getting more visibility from the continent and it's good. And we're, you know, as a people all over, you know, having that one Africa idea. So I liked it that it was in the book like that too. And I thought it was, you know, I thought it was reflective of where we're heading. 
Exactly. And I, that's why I said it's not something I I purposely purposefully uh, wanted to show. To me, it was just natural. I just wanted something that you don't try to make it happen. It's already there. You need to think that this block is already there. At least in the area in the book, in in, in the fantastical way in the book, this African unity is already there. And then um, on the surface, you can see all this, this, um, this country, this separated country. That makes sense. So uh, I guess my last question is about the book itself. I haven't asked too many questions. I asked a lot of broader questions about your writing process. That's what I'm interested in. But about the book itself, about Tale, this is book one. And I looked on the website to see what, uh, you know, how many were going to be in the series. And um, I couldn't find it. So I'm so I get to ask the author uh, himself, how many, how many are you planning here? I was planning, well, I'm planning four. Okay. Um, there's, there's four book in the, yes. There's four book in the work. And that was one of the issues when I, one of the challenges when I start writing this book, because it's difficult for me to be able to start writing if I don't know exactly where I'm going or if I'm not seeing exactly what I'm writing. So I had to make sure that um, I could see the, the, the four parts first, make sure that all the details are there before I start writing. That's why the first book took very long to be able to finish, but I hope the next one won't take as long. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's always, I mean, you make a plan and then hopefully it's, uh, things don't always go according to plan, so, but hopefully that's, for you it does. Um, well, when the second book comes out, uh, I'd love to have you back on the podcast. If you'd come back, I would, you know, that'd be great and we could, for sure. could talk about for it sure. again. No problem, for sure. And I really like your question. You're right, they are not specific on the book that we have really valid question about myself and I, and I really I really enjoy the conversation I hope my answer were clear enough because it can be it can be difficult for me to be able to convey the expression I'm not sure if you were able to get all the answer that you needed was I okay or is that I think it was right? I think it was great and um yeah I thought no I think it's a good conversation and we got exactly what we needed so yeah, uh, yeah, I, I think it came out great. Thank you very much. So that was the interview. Uh, I hope you liked it. Um, yep, first interview, hopefully not the last. And yeah, you can find Tale at uh, Yesogd's website. I have the book here. The website is www.thetaleseries.com. And yeah, there's going to be more than one book, right? This is book one, so it's a series. So you can follow that, check it out. Uh, for us, us, it's a one-man crew here. I will be back in two weeks, come hell or high water, as they say, my final quarter of school is starting, but I am committing 
to regularly podcasting again. So I will be back and I will be discussing a book that has taken me like a month to read. I finished another book, maybe two books while I was reading this book, which I still haven't finished. It is John Edgar Wideman's uh, Look for Me and I'll Be Gone. I have a lot of opinions on that. So uh, that'll be in two weeks. Um, You can follow me on... Twitter, Instagram, where I'm very bad at posting. TikTok, where I'm even worse at posting. So Twitter's really the one. And uh, please subscribe and rate and review the podcast. Spotify, iTunes, etc. You know where you get your podcast at. Pocket Casts for me. And yeah, all of this is in the show notes. Um, I think that's it. Uh, crazy Celtics trade last night, right? Okay, anyway. Um, until next time. Oh, wait, wait, the music. It's by The Keep Running. That's right. It's been a while. I forgot. The music's by The Keep Running. Also in the show notes. Check his music out on SoundCloud. Okay. Until next time. Stay safe. Stay black. And keep reading. Ha, <laughs> ha,